Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome back to Twin Cities by Night and our third story arc, Dread. Dread is set in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, Minneapolis, and St. Paul in the hot and humid summer of 2011. Join us again and continue to follow the journey of Katow, played by Quinn, and William, played by Slavic, as they continue to traverse the dark society held within the Twin Cities. They will be joined by three new kindred, Warren, a Tremere, played by Adam, Valentine, a Nosferatu, played by Alex, and Lenny, a Nosferatu, played by Andrew. The quarter will find themselves joined together by a sense of dread. If you'd like to contact us, you can follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. So, William, now we are all in the same timeline now. When William and Katal wake up, everyone's going to be on the same timeline and we're all caught up. So, William, wake up, blow a blood pool point. You wake up. What are you doing at the moment, William? Uh, so the night before, I set up all the stuff and stuff like that. I suppose. So first thing I'm gonna do is call Katow about that whole neighbor thing. Yes, it's me, William. Uh, what was the address of that neighbor that was snooping on us again? It was literally like like uh, Chase's next door neighbor, uh, some old woman. I okay, and uh, you didn't talk to her then. No, I had to tend to some business first. Okay, well, I suppose I'll see what the fuss is about. So you kind of like find yourself getting dressed. What? How do you get dressed? Just in your normal attire? Yeah, usual stuff. You kind of get dressed and make yourself presentable. You notice when you're looking in the mirror, though, it's almost like you don't recognize the man in the mirror anymore. You know, for a second when you look at him, like when you're like buttoning up your shirt and you're looking in there and you're, you know, your hair looks like how you normally put it. You know what I mean? But you're looking at yourself and it's almost like you don't recognize the man who's standing before you. And you kind of, as you're doing that, you kind of put, you know, your, 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 get yourself dressed. You open the, you hit the remote button on your curtains and they slowly slide open and you have the view of the Missouri River as you're looking out on there and you kind of like grab your keys. But you find like while you're in this room and you're looking out the window, you look around at the stuff you have in your apartment. You know, like you look at the remote that opened the curtains or you look at that nice TV that you have in there or you look in your wardrobe where you have like these shoes and these pants that represent status and wealth. And you find that that meaning doesn't have the meaning that it quite had to the man you used to recognize in the mirror. You know, like, like while it does represent power, I guess, and it does represent wealth, it doesn't give you that, that satisfaction it used to give you, not just but six months ago, you know? And you think about that as you grab the keys to your Beamer and you kind of like lock the door behind you and you go down the elevator and the valet brings you your beamer and you kind of like get into it and you start it up and you feel like the gentle purr of the German engineering as you take off down the road and you find yourself again like cutting your way through the city streets and eventually you start getting to the secluded more quiet 
tomb-like essence of the of the city of the neighborhoods of a life that you never really experienced. You know, you see these people live in these houses, and they like watch the TV, sit around on the couch watching TV together, or they share a meal, or they may have a drink by themselves while reading the newspaper, and you never experienced anything. This is alien to you, and not even you're now you're so fundamentally even different from them that you're like an antibody that's thrown through like the 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 immune system of this city and you feel yourself even going deeper into it as you go into neighborhoods like these like you don't belong and eventually you come upon like jonathan's house that you saw there and you still realize that like of all the stuff that happened in this house that was also alien to neighborhoods like this you can only imagine and eventually you pull your car. I take it up to the house to along the street. What do you do from there? Well, you know, William gets out. <sighs> Just sort of sized himself. When even am I going to tell this old lady? And, uh, yeah, goes there and rings the bell. If you walk up these steps... You know, like there's cement steps. You know, it's like a couple are kind of like diagonal, like the part of it has sunk in a little bit and you step on them and you kind of like ring this old antiquated doorbell. You know, it's like circular and the the white plastic is now yellow due to like the decades that it's been on here. And you press it in and you hear in the background like, and as you, there comes a second where like you're sitting there and then you kind of like see the people go dark and then you see it move and go light. And you hear like the sliding of this chain lock and then you hear like a deadbolt and there's a screen door, you know, between the main door and you and you see like open up and you see this lady. She's like in like kind of like a bathrobe, you know what I mean? That, and she's an older lady. She's about, you know, about 60 some years old, maybe early 70s. And you see like the bathrobe. She's wearing pajamas underneath. You can see like the bottom foot of it, like pajama pants and like slippers. And you can see she has like this grayish hair. That, that kind of curled in a perm. And you see she has like these reading glasses that are bedazzled. They have like little like plastic, like fake design <laughs> on the sides with like a little yeah. string. And she looks at you for a second and you see like she's taking you in, but you see that instinctual, like just a centimeter t- step back that she goes when she sees you at the door and she's like, can I help you? Uh, yes, ma'am. My name is Daniel Broadman. <laughs> I'm here. I'm actually looking to buy the property and the well, the real estate that's right next to you. But I do have a couple of questions about the previous owner, as I have heard that he was a bit strange or eccentric, if you will. Yeah, that's to say the least. Wow, that house is already on for sale. She's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> That, that, yes, that, that. apparently last owner had to leave on short notice, something about leaving for a foreign country because of, I heard it was a non-extradition treaty country, honestly. Seems very, very sketchy, to be honest. Uh, give me uh, manipulation and subterfuge, just difficulty six. Okay. That's six dice, three successes. Okay, that's enough. If it would have been less than three, I'd have her roll. But she see her like for a second, like when you were talk about like extradition and you know words that she hears on TV, but she's never yeah. like really seen used in real life. And she's like, she looks around for a second and she's like, 
you see there's a hesitation where like instinctually she does not want to let you into the bear her 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 domain but then you say these words these flash words and she's like you see like the 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 like you can see the noisy person in her the wheel turning and she's like and she opens the door she's like, come in come in come in you want some tea you want some tea oh no that's that's fine i really don't want to be a bother Oh, no, you're not a bother at all. Matter of fact, I have some information that I think might even makes what you told me makes a lot of sense. Here, sit down. Here, sit down. Sit yes, down. She goes, does it. She motions to like, you see, she's like, her dining room is like, kind of like part of her living room. You know, she's like, here, sit down, sit down. And she goes and sits down across from you. And you can hear like the tick-tock, tick-tock of like this little clock that's like on top of her TV, like this wooden clock. And you kind of do real quick once over the room. You see like this flower pattern couch, but you can really get the sense that she lives alone at this moment. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she pulls and you see there's an ashtray there and she like pulls out, like she has a cigarette case and she pulls out this like 100 cigarette and she lights it. And she's like, is he, is it, is it, is it because of those people who were breaking into his house the other day? Is he fleeing from like I thought he was fleeing from them and not the law? Uh, oh, miss, I, I really have no idea. It's you said someone was breaking into the house the other day. But well, first, let me tell you, you are so right. That guy who lived there, he was weird and he was rude. He was very rude when there was no reason to be rude. Like one night, I was out. And I was like, just going for a walk. And I saw him getting into his Oldsmobile of his, and I waved to him, and he just gave me the meanest of looks. Like, like he didn't even have to say anything. I know that he just didn't want me to talk to him, so I never tried to talk to him again. But he was always coming in at odd hours of the night. He was always going in and out. And then recently, he has all these people coming over to like look and like stay in this house. And so, like. I would always just sit there during the day when I was awake and I would just look at the window and I would just see whoever was coming in and out, seeing if these people ever left. And I saw the strangest thing ever. So there I am. And I'm looking out my window. My shows were on commercial, so I didn't miss any of my shows. And I saw this van come up and it parked like a block away. And I saw these black people. They came out of the van and they walk all slowly but I couldn't make out what they looked like. I know they were some of those black people. And then I saw them go into his backyard, like all quietly, discreet-like. Because the van looked like a worker van. You know, like they were trying to look like they were workers. Uh-huh. And so they, like, like they, and they jumped over the fence. And then I just see them kind of, like, moving around the backyard. And they go inside the house. I couldn't quite see. But then, like, a half hour later, I see them coming out of the house. And they're, like, they're carrying, like, a carpet or something that looks like a rolled-up carpet. And they're carrying some other things out like that. And then they go back outside the fence and they go back in the van and they disappear. Oh, that's, that sounds serious. And guess what? I got pictures of it. My daughter Dude. got me one of those digital phone, those digital cameras. I take pictures all the time because I didn't call the cops. I almost thought about calling the cops. But then I remember how mean that guy looked at me like. And if he found out that I called the cops, I didn't want him to hurt me. But I got oh. pictures of him, but I don't want him to hurt me. So I thought, you know what, Maude, just mind your own business. Don't get too involved. Well, he's just away now. Or, as far as I know, I've never met him, to be honest. But could I get a copy of those pictures by any chance? You know, just send them to my phone. I don't 
I, I just got, and she like gets up and she goes in the kitchen. She comes out with like this digital camera. I don't know how to send these like to the phone thing, but look at these. And she, you see as you like, as you stand, she like flips it, you know, the old digital camera. So you could like show the pictures on the little screen there. Oh yeah. And you see like, she's like, just Williams. Looking. Good. Yeah. Oh wait, what year is it? Uh, 2010. Uh, 2010. Yeah. yeah. Would William have a smartphone or not? Oh, no. Yeah, let's say just for the simplicity, okay. he's gonna take pictures of those, you know, okay. those small pictures on the screen, just sort of, uh, ah, very interesting. So you, yeah, you see, like she's just going through all these different pictures of like these black guys in the backyard, and you see pictures of like, like a figure of like Jonathan walking in his front yard. You see pictures of like, okay, oh shit, that's Catal, that's Carlos, that's Cynthia. You can't make them out clearly, you know what I mean? And then you see even like these weird pictures of like Jonathan, like like coming in like a moving van, like, like get stepping out of a moving, like a moving van and open up his garage door. And then the, you know what I mean? Opening the back of the moving van and like carrying stuff in and stuff like that. Or you see like these different just pictures and you see the dates, you know, how they have the digital dates are from like the last like seven months, you know, she's like, yeah, he is one strange character. And I oftentimes wondering what he was doing. I have no idea what he was doing. But it it was not it was not normal it was not normal and then she's like but then look at this and then you see like she she like goes to another picture and it's of like there's like they're showing like the black dudes there's like eight of them going in the van and there's one who takes out like a green handkerchief and is like wiping his forehead and she's like I bet that's a gang that's a gang color I bet that's a gang color why would they walk around with a handkerchief like that it always means something and why would you walk around with a green handkerchief and just not like your normal white or or normal blue or normal red one why would it be green. Hmm? You tell me that. I suppose you're right. Well, it's, wow, that seems very strange. And he had these visits often, you say. He had other strange people visiting. But, but these strange visits of like random people, but these black people, they didn't come until like the other day, like two days ago. Okay, well, thank you. You've been a great help. William sort of pulls out like 200 bucks or something, puts it in her hand, just, uh, you know, thank you, and just leaves. <laughs> okay, definitely. And, and just to reiterate, she was saying she saw those black people during the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, you he's probably going to text Katow with the information about the black people, blah, 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 but she doesn't really know anything. All right, Katow, you get that uh, text message. Do you reply? I'll just sort of I'd say like, well, that narrows down suspects. So as you, after you send that text message off, uh, William, you get in your car and you start to drive off. We will cut to Warren. Warren, you are driving in this Jeep that Jenna has. Like Jeep Grand Cherokee, excuse me, not, not like a Jeep Jeep, like an SUV. And you're sitting in the passenger seat with her. And she looks at you. She's like, I'm going to make a phone call, okay? Uh, you're welcome to hear it, all right? And she just okay. kind of looks at you. And you, you notice when she talks to you, she's kind of like, tries to be like reassuring. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to do this. Is that okay? Am I going to do this? Is that? You know what I mean? Like, she knows you're kind of like a shell at the moment. Like, you're fragile. You know what I mean? And she's trying to treat you with the utmost care, you know? Mm-hmm. So she hits the, starts dialing a number on her phone and puts it on speaker. And William, as you're driving, you hear the ringer on your phone, on your Bluetooth go off to indicate you're getting a call. William Strother speaking. 
Hello, William. Hi, this is Jenna. H how's it going? You remember me? Vaguely. You, I helped you out. I was the one who spoke to you about six months ago. Was helping oh, you with yes. that little issue you had. Oh, yes. You I remember. For me? Yeah, yeah. How's yeah. it going? Uh, busy, as always, I suppose. So, uh, cut to the point. I'm, is it true what I'm hearing about Ophelia? It's unfortunately, it seems that way. When you sit here a second, and then she's like, and you're catching her talk like this while she's driving Warren. Do you remember when I, what I helped you out with, what I asked you to do in return? Looking into yes, that Yes, I do. Did Ophelia tell you that her and I were talking about that individual and maybe helping each other out, find out more about him? Uh, she did mention him as being a sort of hmm, problematic individual. Yes, her and I were going to look into ways to maybe rein him in. Yes. I'm worried. I'm worried, William. Do you have any idea what who did that to her or what caused it? Not at this time, unfortunately. I'm also currently investigating the disappearance of... Well, investigating. Currently, we're just making sure nobody sort of finds out anything important from Jonathan Chase's, well, former Haven. I heard rumors that he's missing now, too. Yes, but we've found no conclusive evidence as to his fate yet. I considered Ophelia a friend. And in the spirit of the friendship that I had with Ophelia, knowing that she cared about both you and Katal very much, my family and I would like to offer our services and extend a helping hand. And one way we feel like we could do that is a, is a member of our family who has a skill set that could probably help you out in discovering these answers that you seek. Right now, William, I'm going to be blunt with you, William. Right now, I'm concerned for you and Catal's well-being. Half your group is gone right now, William. Who's to say that whoever's responsible for that is not going to go after you two next? I suppose that is possible, though I must say I am not happy. I do not wish to indebt myself to your family, as you so put it. William, what have we done? Nothing. What have we done to you? But been nothing but helpful, William. <clears throat> Listen, I understand. I don't want to force my family member upon you. But let me. Let, let's do this. You speak to Katal, and tonight, you, Katal, and me and my family member here, we can meet up. Introductions can be made, and you can see whether or not they can help you with your current causes that you're looking into. Let I me... suppose it's the least I owe you. Thank you, William. See, William, not only are you handsome. You're intelligent, yeah, and you're wise. You know, hangs up. <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> and you see, Warren, as you see Jenna smile as he hangs up, and she just kind of hits the button, and she drives staring ahead, and she looks. That's what I do all the time, Warren. I'm trying to broker relations. This is stuff that Cynthia doesn't do. This is stuff that Tree doesn't do. I've been the one doing it this whole time for the last 10 years or so. And I hope you can understand that right now, with how things are in this city, this needs to continue to happen and I need help. Do you understand what I'm saying, Warren? I do. What can you tell me about him? Well, I can tell you this. Ophelia was naive, but it was because of Jonathan and William, and even that the gang girl, Katow, that they balanced her out. 
and I kind of grounded her in reality. And she still walked this mortal plane with us. I feel that she could have helped us accomplished, help us accomplish some of our goals. And one of them is get rid of Roman Dunstern and Rita, Rita Giovanni. You do understand, right, that Cynthia has a history of sorts with these Giovanni, dude. Has she ever told you about that? Not in detail, but I remember something about it. From what I've gathered is that before Cynthia lived here, she lived in Boston. She was an Italian immigrant. And from what I can pick up, this might have been late 19th century, very early 20th century. And that in the community that Cynthia lived in, she had a reputation of sorts of maybe having abilities to speak to <laughs> the dead. And you see, she sarcastically does these quotes. I think it's hogwash, whatever, different time. But from Cynthia's word to my ear is that this attracted the attention of a family in the area called the Milliners. And before Cynthia was brought over into our family, this Milliner family had different goals they wanted to do with Cynthia. And in many ways, it's almost like the situation that you had, Warren, where another family had their eyes on you and thus another family took you into their embrace. Maybe that's part of the reason why Cynthia has a hard time with you because you remind her in many ways of herself. But from what I've pieced together from Cynthia, mind you, she's never clearly told me this story. She says that this Milner family is a branch of the Giovanni family of sorts. And what's your occult rating, by the way? Let's see here. Warren has an occult of two. I would say you know about the Giovanni clan, obviously, with your job and everything like that. You know what I mean? Okay. And the Giovanni family wanted to bring Cynthia within their ranks. But before they did that, and I don't know what they did to her, but supposedly they tormented her for years in Boston. But she was able to escape. She attracted the attention of someone from our family. And thus was able to be brought into our family and was sent here to start over. And you know the rest of the story from there. More than I do, because you lived it firsthand from what mm -hmm. I understand. But Cynthia has a vested interest in seeing Rita Giovanni and any kind of influence or assets that she has in the city removed. From what Cynthia told me about them, and from my love of Cynthia, those interests are mine. And I was starting to make moves on this because this group that I'm going to introduce you to had a run-in and a negative opinion of one of Rita Giovanni's servants, a gentleman named Roman Dunsern, a Scottish guy who's residing here. The thing that frustrates Cynthia and I the most, though, is the fact we do not know why they are here. We have no idea. We don't know what interest they find here, why they feel like they need to be here, what are they gaining from being here, but they are here. And I feel for us to root out this problem we need to find out why they are here. And when we have that information, then we could formulate plans to root them out. With the unfortunate demise of Ophelia, we now have a way to wedge ourselves into this group and thus get the information that we need. This is no small tasking that we're giving you here, Warren. You do understand that Cynthia is putting a lot of faith into you, right? And for her to put faith into you like this, that means her opinion of you must be changing. When did you say? No, it means she's hoping I'll get myself killed. I won't. I don't want to see that happen, Warren. If not for her, do it for me. 
If not for me, do it for the family. You do want to see the family succeed, do you not? I do. This is what the family wants, Warren. We need you to do this. You can do this. This is your element. Can I count on you? Of course. All right. Let's drive until we hear from them. William, are you going to call Katow or? Yeah. When did we set up that meeting, actually? He said you would speak to Katow and figure out oh, if I'm okay. going to call her back. I suppose so. that makes more sense, actually. So, yeah, Katow, your phone rings. Hello? Hey, Katow. I've just gotten a call from Jenna Peoples, if you, I suppose, you're well-worst in kindred politics at this point. <laughs> uh, just a little joke. Don't mind it. I'm sure you'll do great. However, there is a matter she wishes to discuss with us. It involves Ophelia. It involves the disappearance of Chase, the death of Ophelia, and apparently us being in danger, or, well, possibly in danger, and about aiding us with help. Now, hmm. I'm not one to look a gift horse in the mouth, but in this case, it might be carrying the plague, so. In that case, I, su I suggest we meet someplace public, just so we can, like a park or something. Uh, a park. How about a coffee shop or something where we can talk and not be disturbed? Hopefully there's some still open. The oh yeah, there acceptable. is. Yeah, there's some open because it's only like nine at night right now. So uh, I suppose I'll set set the meeting up. Uh, when do you have time? Do you want to do this this night or as soon as possible? Quite honestly, we need to as soon as possible. get things yes. moving quickly if we want to avoid repeats of last night. Yes. I'll just send you her number in case you want to contact her yourself. All right. All right. So, yeah, I'll send Katao her number just, you know, in case. I'll send her a message to meet us in, like, in, let's say an hour and a half somewhere. I suppose William would know some, some place where he'd sometimes meet, like, business associates or something like that. Yeah, definitely. I'd say there's, like, upper-end coffee shop, you know, not like Starbucks, yeah. but more upper-end, you know, kind of own local brood, whatever, and has, like, a nice patio thing outside, you know, where you don't have to worry about being, you know what I mean, overheard, and a lot of business people go to coffee shops like that to remain casual to sign, like, paperwork or some shit like that, you know, so, yeah, they definitely can say somewhere like that. Warren, as you're in the car with her, you hear uh, the chirp of the phone, and you see her look, and she's like, okay, we're going to meet at this coffee shop in an hour and a half. Um, is there anything you would like to do until then? Or do you just want to drive and relax? Or do you want to talk? Is there anything you want to talk about? I'd like to get there half an hour early. We can do that. We'll do that for you, Warren. See, this is you and your element, Warren. Don't let the past hold you down, Warren. Remember the family. And remember, Cynthia, she does love you. And I will get through to her. And all these scars that you bear and all the past that you have will all be healed over. Once Please don't lie to done. me, Jenna. I won't lie to you. I'm here for you. You did. Warren, I will fix it. Have I ever been wrong to you, Warren? Has Cynthia ever been anything other than a stone-cold manipulative bitch? At one time, she was. People can change, Warren. 
Our kind just has a longer amount of time that we can be stubborn in our ways. But we can change too, Warren. We have forever. Yes, we do. And especially with the help that you're going to give us, you help us live forever. You'll help us live long enough to see these changes in strength and in security. We and I want about that. I know you can do it, Warren. You've never let me down before. I'm not allowed to let anyone down. Just like gently pats your thigh and continues driving on. She doesn't know what to say to that. Lenny, you step out of the cook area. You walk back along the sidewalk to the bus stop that dropped you off. What do you want to do right now? Are there like people uh, like milling about and all that stuff? Like, uh, um, no, there's no well, one like really milling about. Oh, I mean, well, there's still no, people let's, working. Let's rewind a bit. Hold on. All right. I don't go out the way I come in. Oh, okay. You walk out the front. Uh huh. I don't. I don't look this. Like, I look like I belong. Very it true. might be a little confused of me walking out like, oh, but I don't care. Because <laughs> you're Lenny. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, definitely. You walk out the front and you kind of see a different aspect of it. Because when you were presented to the prince, and you know, if you remember that from the character creation session, they brought you to the back, literally outside. And then the prince stepped through the open doors, gave a spiel, turned around, walked in, and you were presented. You know, right? Yeah. You told them about the traditions and the rest was history. And now you're walking through the front, man. I mean, like, you go through the double doors of that lobby. Instead of making a right to go through the back, you made a left. And you yeah. open those double doors. And you walked out. And you walked out to, like, this nice fucking carpet that just is, like, goes, like, 50 yards into the entryway. And you're, like, got pep in your step. And you see some doorman looks a little confused for a second who's up front. But when you get up there, he opens the glass door for you as you walk out. And you push the other one open. You see, like, some valet guy standing there, like, kind of just nods to you as you're standing there. And there's, like, that... You know, I told you about that circle parkway, you know, in the overhead and like that little fountain that's in, in the middle of the parkway. And you can hear the water like coming out of like these statues that are sitting there. As I'm leaving, just good night to the guy uh, outside the valet, just kind of looking at me confusedly. Just walk down the path. All right. So you walk down the path and you walk about the half mile to get to the where the bus stop is at. Uh, what are you doing from there, sir? Uh, what I did before, but uh, again, I have uh, I have a appointment that I made earlier in the night. Um, so I'm gonna it's gonna take me a little while to get over there. But uh... what you'll do is there's a bus that will take you there. So for those of you who don't know, Lenny made sent text message to his ghoul, who also manages his herd, and asked him if he was going to be available the next evening, and and he said yes. And so where Lenny's ghoul, Coach Henry Olson, actually lives in uh, kind of like a suburb of Minneapolis called Brooklyn Park, where they have a skating center that's in Brooklyn Park, where basically youth can go there and they can like practice figure skating or they can practice like hockey indoors, you know, because it's indoors, but they also have like weights and stuff like that to where kids who are getting ready for the hockey season off season can go there and like get like lessons from coach Olson. Who's kind of like has a reputation of being like a good hockey coach in the Minnesota area and like the high school area. But for those of you who, who didn't see the character creation session for Lenny, basically this Henry Olson is like a huge piece of shit. He was, a uh, 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 he sexually abused these, these boys that he mentored as a coach and what, Lenny did was Lenny not only came back and ghouled him, but also in a weird set of fate reversal roles, told this guy, 
you now need to manage my herd, which are high school hockey boys. But if I find out that you ever touch any of them, like I'm going to, going to destroy you. But then coach Olson has this like thing that he kind of hasn't openly done, done it. Cause he kind of has this weird love scared relationship with Lenny is the fact that he has proof that Lenny frenzied and killed this one hockey player, high school kid in a frenzy. And so like, this is weird, like relationship, circular relationship where not only does Lenny have this piece of shit, watch his herd, but Lenny knows in the back of his head that with like the kindred vitae introduced into him, that the temptation is even worse to touch. And Lenny uh, rationalizes in his head and just accepts it that like, whatever, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, this Olsen's a piece of shit, but, Lenny though also is like kind of like waving a carrot in front of him right now. And Lenny's not always there to ensure that it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? So it's like this weird, interesting, horrific ghoul dominator relationship that he has. So I digress. All that said. Yeah. All that said, you get on your, the bus and you start heading to Brooklyn park, which is like a 30 minute drive. Now, what is going on in your head? Like as you, cause to me, Lenny always seems calm and collected dealing with others. But at this moment, I would say this is a very private moment of Lenny's, right? Like this is like Lenny's herd. I mean, it's his, it's, it's his, it's his resources. It's his, it's his private stock. You know what I mean? And not like everyone knows about this. I mean, like, and this is a side of Lenny that Lenny, like Lenny has reinvented himself to become like almost a whole different person. But this is like a reminder of what Lenny used to be. That's always there. And it's tied to like one of the most intimate things a kindred can do is feeding off others, you know, what their kindred are there for. So while Lenny has reinvented himself, he's still reminded at his most basic, basic instinct that what he used to be. So what's going on in Lenny's mind as you, and every time you take a bus ride there to go feed. Well, one, he doesn't, that's not his only method of feeding. It's just his most reliable and primary one. And so for him, this is kind of like, uh, it's like, oh, this is, this is good. This is easy kind of thing. This is an easy meal and an easy way to just kind of like feel normal for a bit. Does it bring out any of like the old Lenny in your head or is that like something you've compartmentalized completely or what? I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. So this bus slowly enters Brooklyn park and eventually it makes a couple turns and it comes upon the 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 skating training center and it's this nice modern architecture type building you know it has very rounded if that makes sense you know what i mean like, like a lot of curves in the front you know and the wings are curved it's not like a building that's made of angles you know and it's kind of like it's made of this like t- t- tan stucco and it has like you know skating you know brooklyn park skating training center is like in big bold letters there you know and you see like this nice wall wide concrete walkway that leads to like these double doors and you know whenever you go through these double doors it's almost like going into the y- a ymca where like you see pictures of, like hockey players and u.s figure skaters and along the wall these bright vibrant pictures and you have like you know like the you have a front desk where 
yeah trophy cases in a front desk where like during normal hours someone will sit there and you know like tell you like you know where you can find the weight room where you can even find the skating rinks that they even have like an indoor pool for people who need to work on their cardio swimming and they have like locker rooms and they have all this area it's like really almost like one of those like lifetime fitness centers you know and it's a place though that specifically is there to help kids get ready to the next level of skating which the northern united states is known for because hockey is such a big thing there and also figure skating and different stuff like that now coach olsen has keys to there where he can take kids and give them private sessions or have kids come in and do weight sessions or cardio sessions to prepare them you know like parents can pay for these more one-on-one things and such as that and whenever you ask coach olsen like you did in the text messages, that means he'll have kids who are doing private sessions that night. And you kind of know the way, like you make a left, you kind of know go to nowhere. Coach Olson, who's respected in the community, has like an office. And it's usually like kind of in the locker room area of this training center. Is that where you're heading back to? Yeah. And uh, I just want to make it known that he is uh, using unseen presence. Before I talk about the locker room scene, and I want to ask this. <laughs> That and, sounds so bad. I know, I know. No, no, no. I mean, I don't know where this is going, but uh, I, I just mean that we're going to go into the locker room. You have these kids, you have these high school kids who are your herd. How, what facade does Lenny use to feed from them as? Like, like, does he just kind of like. Like himself. Like, uh, like, you know, he, he puts on the appearance of himself. Like, and it's, um, <sighs> Like they they are kind of aware of what's happening too. Like his herd knows they're being fed on, but they don't oh. know. It's it's like it's an active like they know that this is a thing, but they may not know exactly what's happening. But you know they enjoy it. They're blood dolls. So when you say yourself, do you mean like 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 Nasratu self, or do you mean like? Oh no 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 no! I mean oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah no his his yeah. how he looked before Nasratu. Does he like you know take them out on the ice rink or like go for walks for them or does he like like try to like separate them or or do you just want to fade to black on that or what like I'm like my thing is is like like how is he how does he like separate them or you do you know what I mean like what 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 lies does he use to get them to put their guard down to where he can feed off them like a mentorship kind of way or what is that or a friend is he like a friend like a yeah, another meathead like, ho- hockey guy who like yeah hey, let's talk hockey. more like okay. like we're friends and you know i've been yeah. in your situation let me give you some pointers and, and okay uh, you know hang out so and, you're you're like this visiting guy who coach olsen knows who's like was a hockey player and you mm-hmm. and they think that you can like mentor them okay gotcha that's why i was just trying to say like how do you break the ice with them you know what i mean rather than just like you know dots on a page definitely so you you know where his office is is when this locker room and you kind of go to the where this locker room is and this isn't like the nice visitors locker room this is like where the hardcore hockey players are at and you kind of like open these double doors and you come into you come into this locker room and there's like like five rows of metal lockers you know and you can kind of see like the paint is kind of old like while the rest of the building is nice the locker room is kind of like just just from the boys being boys knocking into it you see like this tan paint is kind of like chipped off the lockers and on the edge of each locker you see like these wooden like you know uh stools you know long rows of, of bench where people can sit and while they get changed and picture you, like a uh concrete floor and like oh yeah yeah really those weirdly like carved like brick sort of walls exactly yep and and as you walk in there, you see that the lights that are on there, not all the lights are on. So you see only like the first couple rows 
are on you know what i mean but you see like the rest are off and you know like right when you go in there if you were to make a left there's like a little walkway at the end of the lockers and you see that coach olsen's office is the first door on the left you know what i mean and you see that's open you see that there's like a window and you see that the light is on and you see this figure he's like got a pen in his hand and he's like looking down on these papers and you look at this guy and he is just like a shell of the person he was back when he took advantage of you and other kids back when you went through his high school that he was teaching at the time or before he was kind of like a fit guy who had like a kind of like a thicker uh, head of like what, hair that was going gray you know what I mean and like kind of chiseled looks and like if if someone saw him on the street they wouldn't be like oh that's a sicko you know what i mean he was able to like put on his charm and convince people of things like that where now where you see him like his his hair where he never had baldness is like started to fall out and is very thin you see like he has pimples that like you know what i mean like like um uh, uh heat bumps that are on like the top of his scalp because you can see the top of it now you know and you see that like his skin has gotten like really loose where he used to have like chiseled northern like nordic you know what i mean features you see now that like he has like he, he, he has like a second like loose flap of skin that looks like it's a gizzard now like on his adam's apple you know where it just kind of like hangs down there and you see like he has these like very like varicose veins that are kind of side because it's been like you know 20 30 years now mind you you've been giving him you know what i mean your vitae and has extended his life but it's had a negative effect on him you know he like looks soft and he looks like 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 slouched over when he sits over here you know and he looks stressed out he has like bags under his eyes that looks like he hasn't gotten that much sleep and he just doesn't look like this person he used to charm people you know what i mean left and right now he looks like someone if they saw him on the street like they'd be oh that's a sleazeball you know what i mean so like it's like your vitae brought out in him not only personality and instinctually but physically like just the, the the monster that he is in the inside you know what i mean i would say like i hate to break it down in game terms but it's like appearance is a one now you know what i mean it's not a zero but he was like an appearance of three maybe even a four before but now like just nothing about him is is attractive to to, to anyone at this moment you know and he's just like looking down at this piece of paper and he just has his hands on it and he's rubbing his forehead like just rubbing it and he's sitting there like he's trying to think of something while he's looking at the paper and you can hear off like on the other corner of this, of like 200 foot by 200 foot locker room, you can hear the showers going off in the, in the disc. Like you hear the spray of showers. You can hear like talking like, like that. It's echoing that's in the showers there. You know what I mean? Like when people talk in those showers and you can hear that maybe it's a couple guys that are back in the showers there. Okay. So he'll kind of approach the uh, open office door and uh, just stand there like watching him for just a moment. Yeah, you see, he's like, you see, he rubs his forehead, then he's like looking in the direction of the shower, and you see him just, like, he's like, you know, like, like, um, you know, rubbing his forehead, and then he's just like, like clenching his jaw, and you see him like, like he's gonna get up, but then he sits down, and he's like, and you see him like, he like opens his drawer for a second, you see him like looking at something in his drawer, like, like he's thinking about something that's in his drawer. Can I come around and look? Yeah, you come around and you look in his drawer and. I'm not going to, I'm going to let your imagination, but you see some material in there that's inappropriate that probably someone like that would own, you know, like <sighs> magazines and pictures like that. Okay. Um, so he, he's, he's, he's sitting at his desk and he's kind of acting weird and he opens up his drawer and he's looking at the drawer and Lenny will just kind of slam it shut. 
And As you this is him revealing himself, you know, just kind of like this action. I'm not trying to like maintain the illusion or whatever. I'm just slamming it shut. Maybe even catching his finger in there. I like that. I like that. Are you now when you like show up, are you going to have a uh, mask of a thousand faces or are you going to have your true self when the illusions broke? I want to use the mask. Uh, I want to go ahead and roll that. Yeah, go ahead and roll how, it then. How that looks. Sometimes he's prettier than other times. And right now he's really fucking pretty. Oh, what? How many successes you get? <laughs> Four. Okay. So, you, what do you want to look like? Like yourself, like the old Lenny? Is that what you're looking like? Yeah, but maybe even a little, because like with uh, four, you can have a complete. It says like including gestures, mannerism, appearance, voice, anything. So, if I was okay. like trying to disguise myself as a different person, yeah. I would be almost okay. indistinguishable. So with yeah, this, okay. like maybe even like a little him plus some, like he's just extra, like. You know, life has been good to him. Yeah, like, 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 so that, like, yeah. So you slam that, and you look on his face is not that. You slam the drawer, and you just hear his finger crack. You hear this crunch, and he just hears ah. You fucking like, and he looks up at you, and you see like the scream is choked in his in his throat. And as he looks up, you're like, you could just see like his slack skin. He's like, he's trying to hold the scream in his throat, and he's like holding his finger, and he's looking at you like, and his eyes are just like wide open. He's like, like, like if he could go back into his chair to escape you for a second, he would. He's just standing there holding his hand, and he's like, like he's just waiting for you to say something. You see him like trembling. I'm gonna hold out my hand like this too. And he like puts his hand with the broken finger. You look at the finger and you see the fingers like bent. You know what I mean? Crookedly. And you can already see say, it. Well. I'm going to say, shh, let me straighten it. And you just see him like kind of close his eyes and he's like sweat. You see sweat beating on his forehead as he's looking at the ground. Now, Lenny does have a dot in medicine. He's he's not, you know, completely inept. He can probably just pop it right in place, right? Just, yeah, 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 yeah. Just he'll do that real quick. And as you do that, you just say, you know, as a second as he does that, and you see him like, and, and he just, just leaves of, his hand in your hand. Just kind of, shh, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to scare you so badly. I just couldn't help it. Come on, it was funny. They're here. They're, 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 they're taking a shower now. They'll, they'll be done soon. They'll be done soon. Good. And you just kind of, You're doing good work. You staying out of trouble? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm staying out of trouble. Why, why do you do this to me, though? Why, why why do you tempt me like this? You don't. Want... How else are you going to atone? It's so hard. It's so hard to do this. I, I it's hard for me to control myself. I don't sleep. Why can't I sleep? I just kind of stare down at him. I'll let go of his hand. You won't need to get that looked at. You'll be fine in a few days, I'm sure. I, I don't I don't understand why you hurt me like this when I love you. Just kind of like audibly scoff. Do you? Yes, I do. I've changed myself because of you. And it's so hard, you said. You're so tempted. Have you really changed? No, you haven't. You have a lot to work on. Yes, but yes, I do. I do. I I'm sorry. I believe in you. You can make it. Th- thank you. Th- thank you. I, I'm a monster. I'm a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. I'm 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 a piece of shit. I know I'm a piece of shit. You just gotta believe in me. You gotta believe in me. I can do this. Yeah. Well, start with taking that shit out of your desk. You don't need to keep that here. There's kids here. What's wrong with you? Yes. Yes. I will. I will. I will. I will. I'll do it now. 
they'll, they'll be done soon. I'll do it now. And he kind of just like, he's open his drawer and he's just like grabbing these magazines and he's just kind of like taking them and like throwing them in the dumpster. And he's like taking this trash can. Like he just wants to get out of the room and throw the stuff away, you know? I'll kind of watch him with like a bemused expression on my face. Like uh, he kind of relishes this like small amount of power he has over him. Yeah, definitely. And as he runs out and he like walks out, he doesn't even look behind. You see him go out the double doors. You hear the shower stop and like a couple of minutes later, you hear like boys in the, you know what I mean? The locker room and they're kind of like, you know, getting changed and everything like that. And as they're like walking out, you see this one kid, uh, how many, what, how many dots in her do you have, by the way? Two. Okay. So like, how many people is that? I don't remember right off the top of my head. And I think it's like seven or eight or something. So you see this kid, like, um, uh, uh, his name's Craig. Yeah. Like you kind of mentored him, gave him some talks. He'll, he'll, he's comes out and I'm like, Hey Craig, how are you? And just kind of extend my hand to shake his hand, bro hug. It's good to see you. Hey, what's up, bro? What's up, man? Yeah. Just uh, getting some work in before winter. You know what I mean? Like, you know, coach Olson's sitting here getting us, putting us through some hard cardio, man, but I feel great, man. I'm like feeling on it, dude. I feel good. You know, that's great, man. That's great. I am really looking forward to your future. Well, you know, you've been a lot of help, man. You really have, dude. The advice that you've given me and everything. I just want to get picked up by Minnesota State, man. I just want to go pro. You know what I mean? But I feel, I'm feeling great out there, man. Yeah. Well, if you ever need someone to practice against, let me know. You know, like we'd be talking, we'd be talking about you, man. We're like, dude, we we need to see you on the ice, man. We need to see you on the ice. You got to come and play with us sometime, man. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been, I've been real busy. There's a lot of stuff going on but i do like to come out and just check out some of your games sometimes you know um you guys uh you guys got one coming up soon don't you yeah 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 we got it like all you know it's preseason, but yeah you know what i mean it's like and like you said like all all these like all these games count if i want to start you know what i mean so i treat each one like it's a fucking real thing man even if it is just a preseason scrimmage you know yeah hey you know i was wondering if uh we might have a word about something in private yeah, man, you know I'm here for you. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Hey, I'll, I'll see you guys. Like, like I'll see you later. I'll shoot you a call. And they're like, yeah, yeah, bro. And like they go ahead and walk out. And he's like, you, you want to go for a walk, man, or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. that is the fade to black moment. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want. Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. <laughs>